Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome in on a Monday, July 17, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Gabe Coon, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on Twitter at G underscore Coon 71, alongside the executive producer. Feel like a, feels like a long lost brother right now since I didn't see him on Friday, but that would be the executive producer, Connor Dunning at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's up, brother? Doing well? Happy Barbie Heimer week, Gabe. Uh, did, did, did the you festivities tell me, have begun. You showed me that you bought a shirt. You, you said you weren't right going sh- to. So twenty first is the release of both. You said you were going to go pink and like a suit for Oppenheimer later in the night, but you just you're going shirt. So we, we we took a poll of the group. The group has now grown to about fifteen people. It's awesome. Nice. And we decided that the amazing Barbenheimer shirts that have hit the market were worth the purchase. So each of us bought a different styled shirt, and we're rolling deep. Do you want to hear a story of betrayal, though? Okay, let's hear the betrayal. Come on. Last night, after I drove seven hours home from (laughs) Sevierville, awesome trip, by the way, drank my body weight in moonshine. Yes. Um, Kat let me know that she's going with some friends to Barbie on Friday, the day before oh, I'm seeing it. no. After so she, denying. Is she, she going to make it on Saturday? She didn't want to go on Saturday because she oh, wanted to see oh. it with her friends. And I said, well, they can come on Saturday. And they said no. Damn. Talk about that knife in the back. I have yes. sworn her to seek absolute secrecy. I don't want to even hear the word barb out of her mouth on That's Friday tough. when she gets home That's from that That's a tough movie. scene, brother. I'm going to have sorry. to go Twitter silent on, on Thursday and, and Friday before I see that movie. And Oppenheimer, of course. But, man, it was a... It was a tough thing to hear. Yeah, that's terrible. It was tough. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, you get to hold that overhead though now. Yeah, and right? not even that. They deployed me to These go find them. These are bargaining chips. Honestly, like long term, you could just look at it as a bargaining chip. Well, to when make, you want to do something. To make it even worse, the, the twist of the knife was they discovered that the Paradiso was sold out. Of course it is for Thursday yes, and Friday. of course. So they deployed me and my ticket-finding talents to go find <laughs> them some tickets. Shout out to the Forest Hill Malco. They'll be seeing it there. Man, but it, it but hurt. You, it hurt. Dang. So you had to make the, this nothing but bargaining chips. You had to make the plans for it, though. Too. Right. Listen, later when you really want to do something, Cats, <laughs> she's gonna have to join you now. 
This is you get to hold this overhead. Right? Oppenheimer that IMAX front row, yes. second viewing. <laughs> exactly. Get ready, cat. Yes, exactly. Um, so you say you drank your body weight in moonshine? How about that? I did. I had I had a, I had a groomsman party I was dealing with. Now I'm T minus four days from being in another one. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, brother. At that, I mean, just the amount of damn bachelor parties and you know groomsmen parties and weddings, my own wedding. This, is, this has been ridiculous, man. We're it's, at that it's age. It's getting ridiculous. We're at brother. that age. I got lucky. A lot of my friends, or not lucky, but I wish we could have gone. But they a lot of the weddings happened. No, they happened during COVID. So they would, oh. just, they would just get married and have a small, small party. So we weren't having to do all these crazy yeah, run festivities the country, every yeah. weekend. Yeah. I get you. <sighs> well, T minus four days for me on another one. But we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. I'm going to bring up the weekend. That, well, this was kind of the weekend where you had to test your uh, your sport, sports gangster, if you will. You had to, you had to go around and, and sort of find summer league was, was going. Um, we had Grizzlies on Friday and Saturday. But then, uh, um, I mean, outside of that, you had Wimbledon that you could check out. If you saw uh, Alcaraz, Carlos Alcaraz defeating Novak Djokovic, that was four hours, 42 minutes, ESPN. I love seeing Novak Djokovic lose his mind. He's not the most likable guy in the world. Uh, but he I don't know if you saw him just absolutely try to destroy one of the uh, net posts with his, uh, with his racket. Uh, but I didn't expect Alcaraz to be that good on grass. Like, Djokovic just owns grass. But that was a great match. Four hours, 42 minutes. Alcaraz, 20 years old. He could take over the tennis world. So you got to see that. And also, how about the, uh, was it Steph Curry? Steph Curry in the... Uh, American Century Championship. That was actually a fun watch. Celebrity Championship there at Lake Tahoe. Looked like a party. Steph Curry wins with 75 points. He had a walk-off putt for Eagle to defeat Marty Fish. Do you know who Marty Fish is? Do you know what he used to do? I don't. Connor, former tennis player. Former oh. tennis player, yes. How about yes. that? But uh, I, you probably haven't gotten to catch up on this, but Marty Fish, a guy screamed in his backswing on 18, and he shanked it into... Uh, basically the right rough into the tree line. What the guy yell? Do we know? Yeah, it was just a sort of hooping and hollering. There was no, there's nothing in particular. But he screamed in his backswing and he completely sliced one straight into the right rough, and only got a par. While Steph Curry got an eagle. Was it Dell? What was it? Dell Curry? It may have been. It may have been one of the teammates. Was Clay Thompson on hand? Draymond Green was he on hand? Maybe, but I felt bad for Marty Fish. Feels like an Andre, Andre Iguodala move. I felt bad for Marty Fish, but that was what was on TV outside of Summer League. Um, also, we have DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans. I'll bring that up in just a moment. Now, I do want to set the stage for the uh, show today. Two guests, um, Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show on the Daily Memphian at 5 o'clock in his normal time slot. Um, 6 o'clock, Connor O'Gara. It is day one of SEC Media Days. we got to love it. Um, but he is, he is live. Boots on the ground in Nashville. We'll catch up with him. At uh, 6 o'clock, um, we had Eli Drinkwitz. We had Mizzou up today. We had A&M up today. Um, Jimbo is speaking rather, uh, I don't know. He's speaking. He's speaking, but he's, he's, being, <laughs> he's being very weird. He's being very brash, making the conversation uncomfortable around Bobby Petrino being the new OC. I'll, I'll bring that up here at the bottom of the hour. It's been, it's been uncomfortable. And also, Greg Sankey who opened up SEC commissioner, for those that don't know. Um, Greg Sankey says he wants Congress to help with, his, uh, with, with NIL, uniformity and NIL regulation. Okay. I don't know if you, if you want Congress to help. I don't know if we're going to get that done in a timely manner. But I, I get the thought process, but it does stress me out 
when that's your last hope of getting uniformity back in uh, college athletics. Uh, 6.30 will be the Blitz. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Kenneth Lofton Jr. He was the story of Gri- Grizzly Summer League, had 24 points against the Clippers last Thursday, had 11 in his final game. And we'll answer the question. I will uh, attempt to answer the question. Has he earned himself rotational minutes? I think there's some nuance to it. We'll get to that then. Uh, Joel Embiid had an interview with Maverick Car- Carter at an un- un- uninterrupted film festival, and he was talking about wanting to win a championship and maybe doing that outside of uh, Philadelphia. So trade discussions and uh, New York Knicks, Joel Embiid discussions have gone crazy. And then, of course, I'm going to have to get to uh, running backs being absolutely disrespected. Time after time after time after time. We had three running backs, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley. By 3 p.m., you at least wanted to see one of them get a potential long-term deal because they're on the franchise tag. And none of them, none of them get a long-term deal. So running back value is at an all-time low. Last time we had a, a running back signed for over $10 million. I'll have to tell you once we get to the Blitz when that was. It's been a long time. It's been over two years. Oh, gosh. I mean, growing up in this day and age, being a Pop Warner football player, and you see your kid doing well, do you even want him to play running back at this point? Do you even want him to play running back? If he, if, if he somehow is part of that .001% that make it to the NFL, he's not getting that second contract when he wants it. Yeah, I just feel like when we were growing up playing football, it was all about running backs. Like, that was all it was about. We had the discussion last week about Reggie Bush and those guys, and, like, they were absolute superstars to every single kid back then. Yeah, and isn't it strange, too? Like, we're talking about running backs. If you're a, if you're a starting running back for a team, 15, 20 touches a game, or run, runs a game, rushes a game, uh, you know, three to five, uh, you know, receptions, your pass blocking a fair amount. Like, you get the ball a whole lot. It's just not fun anymore considering these guys are not going to get paid even if they do contend and, and have production at the top of the league. I mean, Saquon, 1,300 yards last year, uh, tied for the, for the uh, team lead in receptions, and he's, he's not getting his money. It's almost like every single time one of them has a great season, the thought process is, well, they're not going to do that again. You know what I mean? Like it's that's almost like the accepted thought process by front offices right now is that they are just all so expendable well, unless yeah. you have a like Derrick Henry monster. Well, the truth of the matter is when you do look at the guys, and I'd say Nick Chubb is an exception. He's done really well with the with the contract he got in 2021. But when you look at like the high-paid guys, ultimately and Derrick Henry I guess is an exception as well. But Zeke Elliott, that contract aged horribly. 6 years and $90 million. Le'Veon Bell, five years, $62 million. When you pay them at the top of their uh, game after their rookie contract, it generally is a fast decline. So I get why people think this way, but I don't think every situation's created equal. But we'll get to that in the blitz. I know who still gets paid, though, Connor. You know who still gets paid? Wide receivers get paid. And DeAndre Hopkins got his money. I, I have been questioning this entire time through the process of the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. I have asked, does he want money? Does he want a championship? Him signing with the Titans, know what it shows me? He wanted money, and he got his money. Two years, $26 million. He has escalators that could get him to $32 million. Now, do I think it makes sense ultimately for the Titans? In a way. I think there's nuance here, though. In a way. I I think they need a, a wide receiver, a target for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. Um, so they knocked that out. Uh, they need their fans to have some hope in this retooling, rebuilding. 
They knock that out. But ultimately, I just don't fully understand the price tag in making this move at this moment. You drafted Traylon Burks two years ago to replace A.J. Brown, and you let A.J. Brown walk. You tried to attach yourself to Traylon Burks. Now this is going to take targets away from him. Also, your quarterback position, what have you been doing with Ryan Tannehill? Two years in a row. Two years in a row. Day two, you've drafted a quarterback to try to replace him. Ryan Tannehill, to you, if you're if you're just – Reading the tea leaves, the Titans organization, they want to move on from Ryan Tannehill at some point. That quarterback situation is not all that figured out. So you do have a wide receiver. You have a target at wide receiver. But that quarterback, if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, you're dealing with a rookie and a second-year guy who does not show much promise. And even if Ryan Tannehill's in there, how much are you spreading the ball around when you're a run-heavy offense and Ryan Tannehill's going to hand the ball off several times, I mean, 25 to 30 times a game? I just find it strange. And, I, you know, the old line's not all that figured out at this moment. Defense is solid. But I, I, I thought that Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel really weren't all that desperate to go make a move like this. But it does show they're trying in the immediate – to go win. It makes sense in that regard, but I just think ultimately this is a strange way to use your money, to use your cap space if you're the Tennessee Titans at this moment. Neither of those guys, Rand Carthon or Mike Vrabel, are getting fired if they have a bad year this year. It was understood when John Robinson got fired that it was going to be a rebuilding process here for a couple of years, and you can move in that direction. But you're throwing $13 million a year at a receiver who's been injured for a majority or or suspended for a majority of the games the past two seasons. Now, when he's been on the field, he's been great. 64 receptions, 717 yards, three TDs in nine games last year. He had two 100-yard receiving games. Uh, there were only two 100-yard wide receiver games for uh, Titans wide receivers last year. So he matches that even with the nine games he played uh, a season ago. But I, I just look at where he's at. He's oft injured. He's going on 30 years old. And I've seen this before with the Titans, too. That That's another part of this. They have gotten three guys, I mean, since the 2000s that were wide receivers, that were great in their day, that were moving toward the end of their career. Randy Moss comes to mind. Signed him, didn't do much. Andre Johnson, signed him, didn't do much. The most recent one, the one that hits home the most to me, Julio Jones. I thought Julio Jones alongside A.J. Brown, they'd bring out the best of each other. And I thought Julio Jones would be great for the uh, final couple years of his career. He'd go off into the sunset with the Titans. It would all work out. He was awful, and he was hurt the entire time. So the track record's not good here, and you're giving up a lot of money in a situation where I didn't feel that it necessitated you giving up that amount of money. You weren't all that desperate to to compete this year, Um, but it it seems like the Titans are at least trying to bridge the gap with a few wins. And we'll see how it works for him. Yeah, that seems like it's the idea. Maybe, you know, Burks can can learn from a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in there. When you look at it on paper for DeAndre Hopkins, it makes all the sense in the world because, you know, Mike Rabel was there in Houston when he was there. Tim Kelly was in Houston when he was there, and he had one of his best seasons when he was calling plays for the Texans. So I think it makes a lot of sense for DeAndre Hopkins, especially when he got the money. And it's pretty clear he's not really looking for that championship team necessarily but for the Titans you know I think it's a really fun signing and it could work out in the long run to where you know we look back on it and say you know DeAndre Hopkins had a really successful time in Nashville with the Titans but from just 
a win now perspective. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's interesting, I would say, because it is going to take away those passes from Traylon Burks when you're trying to get him into the system. You want him to be the eventual number one, and maybe they just think he is more than you know a year or two away from that. I also, I also sense that maybe they're trying to capitalize on Derrick Henry maybe still having one more huge year left in the tank, maybe one or two, so they want to make sure that they can capitalize on his prime, if you will, uh, as much as they can. And to be honest, I think Tannehill's a pretty good quarterback that gets He's dragged, fine. He gets He's dragged fine. through he the mud. And again, I've had these conversations about quarterbacks. You either get put in elite cat right. with casual folks. You put in you're put in an elite category or a trash category. Ryan Tannehill somewhere in the middle. And honest, honestly, I'd, I'd I'd lean more um, on the spectrum from elite to trash, I'd lean more to elite. He's a, he's a solid, maybe above average NFL quarterback at his peak. Yeah, I think he can get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. I just find it strange that this is the use of the money that you have this offseason with the cap. And like, I I don't know what how this is going to age ultimately with DeAndre Hopkins. He hasn't aged well. I just he has not aged well. He's been injured and he's had some problems. It's like I I get it. The Titans wide receiver core for years has not been up to standard. It has been the weak spot on this team for many years. They thought that maybe having Julio Jones and A.J. Brown was going to fix fix the situation, but unfortunately Julio Jones couldn't really stay on the field. Um, But like you said, DeAndre Hopkins isn't a long-term solution. This is going to be a very short-term thing. It's like, okay, your wide receivers this year and maybe next year are pretty good, but does that line up necessarily with Will Levis' track? Does that line up with where this team's going to go? So, that's why I understand that they want to have a good season. They want to give the fans a win. DeAndre Hopkins is going to sell a ton of jerseys. It's going to be really fun when he is able to play. But long term, I'm just not sure it makes all of the sense in the world. I do have two questions for you, though, two very specific questions, and yep. you can answer them separately. One, would you have liked the deal better if it wasn't for the money it is? I think. Yes, of course. Of course. Usually do you think when they you see, overpaid? Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, when you look at a guy like him who's – not played the majority of the games the past two seasons, mm-hmm. and he's going on 30 years old, you don't want to pay $13 million, potentially $16 million a year for a guy like that. Now, if you're paying $16 million, that means he has played really well and he's, he's done good. He's done uh, well by the, the incentives in his contract. So if you get a, to pay him $32 million, he's probably earned all that. But this is a guy who has a PED suspension. 
He has a bunch of injuries that he's been dealing with, nagging ones at that. He's going on 30. Like, you just don't want to pay a guy like that. But granted, the market was set different this offseason when the Ravens paid Odell Beckham $15 million for one year. The market was different. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins probably saw that, and he said, I can still get that money. Let me see if I can get somebody to pay me it, and the Titans did it ultimately. I would feel better about it if it wasn't for as much money, though. No questions asked. Right. Second question, a a large discussion point on Twitter and social and uh, some things that I have read with the Titans is that does this move make sense when you consider – that they could have just extended A.J. Brown. Now, we need some context with that situation. It is a That's new front $25 office. million dollars a year. It is a, it's $25 million a year, and it is also a new front office. It's a new regime that moved off of A.J. Brown than the one that they currently have. However, when you zoom out, I feel like they probably just should have done that. Well, no, no doubt about <laughs> it. They were trying to cut corners at that time. They were trying to save money here and there. But in the end of the day, A.J. Brown is now in four years – He's been a two-time Pro Bowler. He caught for 1,000 yards. Bo- uh, I mean, he was th- amazing last season. Yeah, well, two of the three years he was in uh, in Nashville, he caught for 1,000 yards. And that was on the is about as run-heavy of offenses as you could have possibly imagined. The investment in O-line and Derrick Henry was huge at that time. So he still caught for 1,000 yards. He's younger. He's only going to be 26 going into next year. I, I that, that part of it is what frustrates me the most because I think John Robinson – a big part of the reason it didn't work out in the end and that offense took their steps back the way they did, that team took their steps back the way they did last year, is because John Robinson wanted to try to save some pennies in the moment when you drafted a guy who absolutely outperformed his draft position in A.J. Brown. Should have paid him in that moment. Now, $25 million a year, that's that's tough to fork up for anybody, and you, and you feel a type of way about that that money. But what he did last year, 1,500 yards, he's only 26, or we're – just now approaching the prime of his career, they should have paid him. And that makes this look a, a lot more foolhardy and frustrating. And I, I think a lot of Titans fans, what I what I have mentioned about their history with getting wide receivers at the end of their careers, like I think that weighs on Titans fans. Julio Jones was just a miss. Andre Johnson was a miss. Randy Moss was a miss. And you, they were all late in their careers, into their 30s, just like DeAndre Hopkins. So you get some PTSD involved there. I, you know, if, if you want to have hindsight, um, and honestly, there was foresight at the moment. There was a lot of people who thought it should have got paid at the moment. This would look, uh, this would look less foolish if they, did pay, if they did pay A.J. Brown. They wouldn't be making the signing. It wouldn't have necessitated a need for this signing. They should have paid A.J. Brown when they had the chance. Right. I, I guess the hope is that Hopkins' presence – is able to unlock something in Burks where it allows him to have his his best season, like a breakout season, because he's on the field with him and he's going to be pulling defense to him. So, like, I understand it from that point of view, but it just feels like and a large price to pay he could be to a, do these things, yes, to do developmental he could, things. Yes, he could be a, a vet right. for Traylon Burks to teach him how to run routes and contested catch and all that. But again, $13 million a year to do that type of thing at age 30, I just don't know how much. That's I, tough. I yeah. still think that there's production there for DeAndre Hopkins to have. I just, with the price tag and the age and the history we've had the past two years, I just question if it was the right move for the Titans to make at this point. Do you think it moves the needle at all for the Titans in the AFC South? Jaguars are, the, are still the favorite. I mean, I, 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 I'm not moving off that. That's how I feel about it. 
And the Titans, that's why I keep saying this this move, as much as it may excite a fan base to see what DeAndre Hopkins can do, can he recreate what he's done in his career and catch for 1,200, 1,300 yards? That's fun. He could have some 100-yard games along the way. But this does not move the needle for you as some playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. And in my thought process going into the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes, if somebody makes the signing, you want that to be the case. You want them to get over top because of it. That's why I thought, you know, last week there were reports of the Chiefs trying to backdoor their way into it, move around some salaries so they could fork up enough money to go pay DeAndre Hopkins. But DeAndre Hopkins was going to take the money, and the Titans were giving it to him. So I don't blame him. I, I just look at the Titans making this move, and it, it, it's just strange. It's just strange in the current dynamic that you have in that, in that franchise, in that organization. Also, here's you want to hear a funny stat. Uh, career receiving TDs, including playoffs, we're talking about Titans wide receivers and coaching staff. Oh, right? coaching it's, staff probably Coaching has more. staff's involved. Yeah. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins is leading with 72, no question. Know who's second on the list? Who? With receiving TDs? Is Mike Vrabel? Vrabel himself. Yeah, Vrabel. 12, yeah, dude. Yeah. With 12. And then it goes um, Chris Moore with eight in his career. He's way down there. I mean, he's going to be a, a number four receiver, number three receiver on that team. Nick Westbrook, Aquina with seven. And then Traylon Burks with his one. So Mike Vrabel. Is he only second, has, Burks only has second one? in that organization with receiving TDs all time in the NFL. Burks only has one. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's surprising. I wouldn't have guessed that. No, he he had a rough. He had a rough. Yeah. Rookie. He had moments. He had moments. I guess that's why. Like I thought he had moments. So, he had wow. A, one. He had a rough rookie year. Interesting. He, he had some injuries there in yeah, camp that's probably and OTAs what it was. Yeah. where he just couldn't get right. Um. You just hope that he can develop this year, and you hope DeAndre Hopkins can help that. Third question just popped into my brain. Okay, let's hear. It. Do you think? That DeAndre Hopkins being out there with Traylon Burks would take you, take attention away. No, I'm saying, do you think that the Titans would maybe feel more comfortable throwing Will Levis out there, uh, like just to see what it is because they have those two receivers? I, no, not particularly. Not particularly. I haven't heard great things about Will Levis or Malik Willis <laughs> through through OTAs, and we're headed into camp. We'll see what happens. But Ryan Tannehill is oh, the starter in Tennessee. How much longer? I don't know, but Ryan Tannehill is a starter, and I wouldn't even think about Will Levis at the given moment. It's just this whole thing, it doesn't move the needle for the Titans enough for me to justify $13 million a year. But the Titans justified it behind closed doors. We'll see how it works out. Um, But that will do it for the first segment of the day. We need to go ahead and get you to uh, SEC Media Days. We have day one of SEC Media Days. Jimbo Fisher uh, is – hiding his thought process behind who's going to call the plays next year, Bobby Petrino or him. And Greg Sankey says he needs help from Congress to get NIL all situated. I'll tell you why that is a foolish way to think when it comes to the future of college athletics. We'll be right back. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back rolling on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Big Three was in town this weekend, FedEx Forum. Tony Allen. Lockdown, first team all defense still, even at advanced age. I like to I like to see that. But that was not the story this weekend, Connor. How about that? Big three, um, not happy with the way the FedEx Forum box office was working. Apparently there were over 50 families, over 100 people that were supposed to get tickets at the box office, and they were turned away because there was no list, ultimately, 
Uh, there was a local company that was had a responsibility to get these tickets out, and that didn't happen ultimately. It looks like Ice Cube and some people within the community are very angry about that. I, I'm sad that, that that worked out that way. I wanted to see it be a complete success. It looked like it was fun for the people that were involved in the in, in FedEx Forum, but 50 families getting turned away, you never want to see that. No, that's 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 awful. You never want to see something like that. I'm glad that TA was able to turn back the clock a little bit, and it sounds like it was fun for everybody that was in there. But, yeah, you wish that everybody that planned to go and wanted to see the Grindfather in action yeah. back in the Grindhouse, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if they're uh, – I, I, I am curious about big three events in the future in Memphis, but we'll see. Maybe we can well, let bygones be bygones. To also be and fair, they've places. canceled like three of them. So. Yeah, I know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. We'll see what happens. It looked like fun, though. It looked like fun for people that actually got into the forum. Now, um, we have SEC Media Days Day 1 rolling along. Day 1 is LSU, Mizzou, and A&M. Um, but the first bit of news that came out today, Clark Lee for Vandy gets an extension through three more years, through 2029. I don't know how to feel about it, ultimately. He was not very good year one. But year two, two SEC wins. Back-to-back weeks, Kentucky at Kentucky and then versus Florida at home. I mean, you win a couple SEC games, it can get you a long way at Vanderbilt. Hang, hang the banner. Right. Why not? And, and you know, they showed, they showed definitely some massive steps in the right direction. But it's just that is such a tough job to navigate in the SEC, man. It's just so – Complicated. The investment in education, the the recruiting limitations you're going to have consistently, and you're playing an SEC schedule week in, week out. But Clark Lee, through two years, I mean, he was two and ten year one, five and seven year two. Why not give him an extension? See what happens. Show that you trust him. Let him uh, let him keep going. Let him keep going. But through 2029 for Clark Lee. Well, it seems like that at Vanderbilt, the the way to be successful is that you have to find somebody that you think is going to be there for a very long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't need guys that come in and then jump out, come in and can jump out, because that it's just such a difficult program to get off the ground. Well, if you do get off the ground, you're gone, though. Exa- that's James part Franklin, of it. look yeah. at it right now. I mean, if, if you if you perform at a high level, it's a stepping stone jump, even though it's in the SEC. Um and I, I feel like if you stay there long enough, it, it'll all sort of turn not so not so well for you. It'll, it may hey, turn bad. They need one more win for a bowl. Yes. One more win. Uh, still tough to navigate every <laughs> year for them, man. Still tough to navigate. Nah, we'll see. We'll see how it works. But, uh, good for him. Good for Clark Lee. Good for Clark Lee. But that does go to show this day and age of college football. If you have a place that doesn't have those high expectations, you can make your money while you can. You can go ahead and make that money. So Clark Lee, I like it. I enjoy it. And then and, and the other part of, of that Vanderbilt job, you just have to – and this goes with Northwestern as well when they're going to make a hire. You have to have somebody who absolutely embraces the grind. Oh, uh, yeah. You have to have someone who embraces the school, who embraces those limitations that you're going to have recruiting, and is all in on player development. There's no other way. There's no other way to win in the conferences those two schools are at. I mean, Northwestern and the Big Ten – Vandy and the SEC, you're playing a tough schedule week in, week out. You just have to develop three stars. You can't, you can't think about four stars, five stars. You can't think about getting the premier guys in the country. You have to embrace the grind of getting three stars to become four-star, five-star level talent. Right, exactly. And that's, that's so where hard. That's you've got so to put hard. in that time. You have to, you know, it's got to be multiple years. I mean, he's, but, you know, he Nashville native, played fullback at Vanderbilt. Makes sense. Yep. Now, um, he seems hard-nosed, hard-nosed. Hard-nosed defensive, dude. Defensive, football defensive-minded. Guy. Yes, football, football guy. guy. Got to love it. Um, now, and he does say he thinks Vanderbilt's a, the best job in the country. 
He says he, he thinks that Vandy. If they, you think they that, have aspirations. Sure. Good for you. That, that's called embracing it. He's, he embraces it. He embraces it. That's why he got a three-year extension. Now, Jimbo Fisher stepped up to the podium today. And, of course, this offseason for him has been all questions. We know he can recruit. We know he can get guys in. There's been a lot of transfer portal uh, you know, guys leaving because of how it, how it all uh, transpired last year. Really bad team. Really bad team. And offensively, they've been bad. But the question's been about offense. Can you get going? Can you show us something? Last time Jimbo Fisher had a functional offense, I feel like was... was Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Jameis Winston at Florida State. That's what I feel like. It feels like he hasn't updated anything since 2013, since somewhere around there. And it's all caught up to him. People know what he tried to run the past two years, and Texas A&M struggled because of it. Now, Bobby Petrino was brought in by Jimbo Fisher after he made Daryl Dickey basically take the fall for him last year for how that offense was. He was, you know, Daryl Dickey was the offensive coordinator by name but not by trade. I've seen it in action, right? Daryl Dickey was here at the University of Memphis. You think Mike Norvell – took the orders from Daryl Dickey, or was it the other way around? 
Who do you think actually called plays when game day came around? Do you think it was Daryl Dickey or Mike Norvell? I'll, I, think, I think you get the gist here. Who do you think actually called plays, Jimbo Fisher or Daryl Dickey? It was, it was Jimbo Fisher. Now, Daryl Dickey had to take that fall. They bring in Bobby Petrino. And, of course, the question's going to be about who's calling plays, Jimbo? Who's calling plays? Here's the quote. Quote, I'm not going to get into that. Bobby was hired for a reason. Tremendous guy. I heard, uh, heard Jeffrey Wright on Giannotto and Jeffrey talking about tremendous guy. This is the first time Bobby Petrino's been called a tremendous guy. But then he goes on. He says, tremendous football mind. Hopefully, he'll call the game and have suggestions. End quote. He should do more than have suggestions, Jimbo. The past two years, you've been at the bottom of the SEC offensively. You have the talent to get it done. You just don't have the schemes. You don't open it up enough. You don't have good route combinations. Your run game has struggled to a certain extent. Get somebody in there that can make good calls, timely calls, that can bring you into the 21st century a little bit, that can move you forward. Bobby Petrino can do that. He can spread it out. He can, he can find ways to get all of the playmakers involved. Jimbo Fisher likes that pro-style throwback. What won in the early 2010s? He likes that. But you have to update at some point, and Bobby Petrino's the guy to do that. So for him to sort of deny the fact that Bobby Petrino is going to be the head play caller and say, oh, well, he'll just have suggestions, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't jive. Bobby Petrino's always been a head play caller wherever he's been. Talk about Louisville, Arkansas, just you name it, he has been the head play caller just at Missouri State. And he did a really good job against Arkansas. If you watched Arkansas versus Missouri State last year, that was a close game because Bobby Petrino was dialing it up. This does not lead me to believe, this answer, where he says, hopefully he'll call the game and have suggestions. This does not lead me to believe that Jimbo's going to fully take his hands off the offense, and I think Texas A&M is going to struggle because of that. And then you have to have the other questions about, okay, these are two A-type personalities. These are guys who have run programs by themselves, and they've run programs in the SEC for Jimbo and the ACC. Uh, same with uh, Petrino at Louisville in the ACC. They've run programs their entire coaching career, dang near. It's hard for me to believe this is going to be a very happy relationship if this is how Jimbo is treating it on the front end. You're going to have to have to come to a realization at some point if you're Jimbo Fisher. What I've tried to do for the past two years on the offensive side, even with the talent we've had, the influx of talent we've had, number one recruiting classes, even with all that, it hasn't worked with me. It's time to pass it off. And I don't know why he's hiding behind it. I don't know why he's trying to act as if he's still going to have his hands on this offense. It's time for somebody else to get a crack at it, or Jimbo, you're going to be out of a job. But I think ultimately Jimbo doesn't much care about being out of a job because he's got $70 million left on his contract. I was just about to ask, could it be that he's worried that if if, if he has an amazing offensive season that they want to make a change and make him the head coach? But I'm like, but no, dude, you're, no, you're fine. No, like, you're fine, You would just get Jimbo. paid to not coach. That, 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 would, <laughs> that's, that, that would be unprecedented, right? It would be, right? It would in, be the, in the ridiculous, history of college It would football. be a ridiculous thing to happen. So that's why I just I fully don't understand what his mindset is. It feels – could the simple answer be simple, that it's just ego? That his ego cannot no question, let go of that but, offense? But, but that's where – that's where we get to issues. Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher have an ego about where they've been in college football and what they've been able to accomplish. If you can't get the power structure right in the first offseason, how is this going to be a happy marriage? How is this going to work out long-term for the AM program? Because that's what you need. You need that offense to get up and going. 
And if, if Jimbo is going to be in this power struggle with Bobby Petrino the entire year, that offense will continue to be at the bottom of the SEC. You have to move in the right direction, and you have to have an understanding of the pecking order when it comes to offensive play calling. It's just strange that Jimbo continues to just try to do this. You had a fall guy. You had a guy who had to fall on the sword for you last year in Daryl Dickey. A good guy lost his job. Yet, you didn't take much of the blame. You've made him fall on the sword. Now you bring in a guy to, to sort of change things around, to get that offense up and up and going. A guy that certainly can do that, that's done it in the SEC before, that has changed his style over the years where you haven't, and you're still trying to act like you're going to have your hands on. I just I don't understand the messaging from Jimbo Fisher there. Now, when it comes to messaging uh, at the top of the SEC, I don't quite understand the messaging from great, Greg Sankey. I guess I understand it to a certain extent, but when you look at the history of how these things work out, I don't, I don't quite get it. Greg Sankey says there's an urgent need for Congress to enact a national standard for name image likeness and was emphatic in his belief that only Congress can adequately resolve these issues. Do I agree with him? Yes. I think we have too many states that are on different times. We have California trying to go employee-employer. We have some states that limit NIL and what you can make. We're all over the place from a state-to-state regulatory standpoint. Congress really is the only institution that can step up and make everything uniform. But will they do that? Absolutely the hell not. In a timely manner, absolutely the hell not. There's a lot of reasons for that. You have to get bipartisan. Everybody has to agree. Everybody has to agree. And also, it has to be on the forefront. They have to want to get it done in a timely manner. They, there's got to be other issues that are put to the side so they can enact a national name, image, and likeness situation. We have a federal deficit. We're going into a, uh, 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 election year. There's so many different things that are on the forefront for Congress that don't have to do with trying to regulate college athletics. I, I just don't get why you would put the ball in their court in particular at this moment. I think it's more likely that we can have a break-off where college football governs itself and then we can get on a regulatory basis and understand what's supposed to happen. The NCAA has allowed this to persist. I put the blame on them, no doubt. But if you're banking on Congress to fix your issues, it's not going to be done in a timely manner, and who knows who's actually going to agree with it around the – I mean, is everybody going to agree with it? How long does this take? I just think there's, there's a lot of different things that Congress should be dealing with that college athletics can be put on the back burner for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, every single time a huge declaration has to come down from Congress about ath- college athletics, it takes forever. The, the timely manner is a pipe dream. There's just no way that in an election year they give a damn about college athletics and the NIL. It's just it's going to be a, posturing all next year. A hundred so percent. that's a waste year, a hundred waste percent. of a year. Yes, Right? Like, you just can't sit here and expect Congress to do anything for you in your particular situation when it just comes to athletes getting paid. They're getting paid right now. It's an open market. It's a free market. There's a lot of different places that have different regulatory measures. It's going to be like that for a while if you're going to wait on Congress. Now, do I really think there's any other way to get it fully uniform besides Congress agreeing? No. But I think waiting on Congress and not exploring other avenues at the given moment is just foolish. I think it's foolish. Now, we'll see what happens long term. We'll see. 
but it's 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 just especially heading into a <laughs> another election year. We know how our country gets in election years and how how much posturing's done by by members of Congress. I just think it's it's very very foolish to wait around and wait around until they do something. Now, um, uh, speaking of sort of uh, legality and and folks around the country doing posturing to a certain extent. We have eight former Northwestern football players retaining uh, Ben Crump and a Chicago-based law firm to pursue legal action against Northwestern for hazing incidents that took place within the program that led to Pat Fitzgerald's firing. Um, we already have. We already have Pat Fitzgerald hiring a massive attorney to go after Northwestern for what he's due um, in the rest of his contract that extended out through 2030. Now you have eight former Northwestern football players that went through the hazing going after Northwestern. They're getting it from all angles, Connor. Yes, they are. They, they are going to fork up a hell of a lot of money, and it goes back to what I talked about last week. They did not handle this well. They consistently, consistently looked as if they were trying to hide it, try to get out of the news cycle, try to move on with their lives. They gave a two-week suspension to Pat Fitzgerald. That was a mistake. And then you ultimately fire him. He's asking what led from two weeks what led, led you to go from two week suspension in the summer to firing me in just three days. Was it just public pressure? Because if that's the case, I don't know if I was fired with cause. You're gonna have to pay the money I was due. And now you have players inevitably saying, Well, the institution should be held responsible. Um, yes, the coaches should be held responsible as well, but uh the institution needs to be held responsible for allowing these things to consistently happen. Now Crump Ben Crump and the Levin Perconti firm say they have discovered a vast array of incidents of abuse within the Northwestern football program. And Crump had a quote saying, whether the coaches at Northwestern approved or participated in the harassment of these players or not, they are responsible for allowing and enabling a toxic, disgusting, and damaging culture in their programs. Talking about Northwestern. The amount they're going to have to pay out, seemingly, in my opinion, I feel like Pat Fitzgerald's going to have to get paid out, and these eight players are going to have to get paid out. Northwestern could have got ahead of this, and they decided to completely botch the situation step for step for step. They've handled it awfully. They, they really have. I will say, you know, kind of going off of that a little bit, I am glad that it appears former players are starting to come out and tell their stories and speak about the incidents because the play of Northwestern and some of what they were trying to do early on was just scapegoat the the one guy that came out and say, well, that's he was trying to get the coach fired. He was trying to get the coach fired. And you can just see – the pressure of secrecy that was there and the and the whole like you know you got to keep your mouth shut you got to keep your mouth shut this is this is team building you can just see all of that stuff was present at northwestern i fully agree with the comment like it doesn't matter whether you know you were fully aware of what was going on you allowed for that environment to be created and that's a problem and then at northwestern even in their baseball program just had to fire a coach that went 10 and 40 in year 1 because he was bullying and harassing people the hiring practices, the vetting of these guys needs to be better. There's no question about it. Again, do I think Pat Fitzgerald is fully uh, fully responsible for everything that happened at Northwestern? Not necessarily. I think he, he definitely played his part. He probably let them have the locker room to themselves, and obviously the players should be held responsible. But as a whole, Northwestern, a, a, a school that I honestly thought previous to all this happening was almost uh, out of the Big Ten schools, they were exempt from a lot of these conversations. They didn't have anything like this. They're a higher educational institution. They take their education seriously. They don't allow things like this to persist. I thought they were completely exempt from this. They're not, though. They're not. And 
They're realizing it very quickly and in a hurry that when you allow these things to persist and you don't and they go unchecked for a long time, you're going to have to pay out money. One of the- and now you have Ben Crump and one of the uh, uh, an attorney that has been hired by uh, Pat Fitzgerald that gets paid two thousand dollars an hour. You have some very high profile people coming after you and your institution, and that is a scary thought process. If you're at Northwest and you're the higher ups, you're the president, you're the athletic director, um, that could cost you your job ultimately. And we'll see what happens in the coming months. Well, I was going to say, one of the most eye-opening comments to me from one of the attorneys was from Margaret Badersby Black when she talked about how, you know, recruits were exposed to this. When yep. they were 16 or 17 years old, they saw this stuff going on. That's just, that's insane. That cannot happen. Yep. Cannot happen. And you got to imagine over the years the amount of times Pat Fitzgerald and people the higher-ups probably got, they probably got tipped off to this. I don't. I I buy zero percent. Pat Fitzgerald didn't know it was going on. There's no way that you go through all these years of having these these hazing allegations and no one knew anything and there were no filed reports. So like, somebody gets held responsible. It's Pat Fitzgerald at the given moment. I don't know Derek Gregg, the AD, Michael Schill, the president. I don't know if they'll have to deal with it on the back end, but it seems like one of them, if not a few people behind the scenes, are going to have to. Deal with the repercussions. And, again, going back to our conversation last week, I don't mind it. I say good. If it keeps people from having to deal with day in, day out, uh, bullying, hazing, harassment, fine. If people have to lose their job for people to think a second time about it, fine. Let's do it. Let's move in a good direction. That's where I'm at on it. That's where I'm at on it. Now, Jeff Calkins will join when we return from the break, of course, Daily Memphian columnist and Jeff Calkin Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.